And today, Stephen's going to have a look at reviewing your investment portfolio over the Christmas break. Yes, your portfolio keeps working even if you're not. And we're also going to take a a look at the market, a market update, and we'll take a look at currencies and commodities as well. Starting off looking at what the, um, well, the market generally is doing for us, um, Brexit, of course, now that it's going to go ahead. Brexit's going to go ahead, yes. We're not quite sure. When is that going to make a difference to Australia and its exports? Uh, um, I would have thought thought if you go back in time, back to pre- Pre the UK entering the common market, Australia used to sell a lot of butter and 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 um, citrus fruit, and of course the Tasmanian apples and and those agricultural type products to the um, UK. And and when when they entered the the common market, a lot of those industries were lost, um, those export markets. And if you go to New Zealand, uh, you go to Tasmania now, the, the it's called the Apple Isle, but it's just a shadow of what it what it sells. Yeah, itself. you're pretty well hard pressed to find an apple well, orchard, can, aren't you? You can find a couple, but but you know yeah. the, the, the the most of them have disappeared. So um, there is talk. I understand the Australian High Commission is actually having talks in London, the UK, about entering into a free trade agreement. So I would have thought, uh, on the balance, that that um, BRICS is going to be. Um, quite positive from Australia's point of view. And I also would think, judging by the way the UK market's reacting, the UK investors also think it's going to be positive despite all the, the doom and gloom that was said by by um, other people in the past. I mean, the equity market um, has continued to rise uh, after Brexit and has risen again after the election. So, you know. That's a pretty good indication. You know, there's a saying think. that if you, you believe the politicians or believe the market, the market will always win. <laughs> yes, I suppose. Yes, that's the ongoing thing, isn't yes, it? Yes, predicting the future. Yeah, so uh, the gold price, uh, the gold price was up $20.91 an ounce. So um, if you're going to buy some, some gold jewelry for your, for your uh for your um, other half. Gift or anyone else you were giving anyone. a gift to, or maybe even yourself, you're going to pay a bit more this week. Unless you, got it last week. <laughs> unless, you, yeah, unless you got it last week. Yes, it's $20 an ounce cheaper last week. Okay. Uh, $2,153. Um, and the copper price was up uh, $99 a tonne to $9,008, which is the highest it's been for a long time. And the uh, crude oil price was up $4.05 a barrel to $96.49. Now, it's suppose it's a bit tricky to tell whether when we export these minerals whether they're actually going to make us more unless we look at the uh, currencies as well. Uh, we need to look at the currencies and but of course a lot of the a lot of the you know, there's two types of mineral sales. There's a spot market and the long-term contracts. The long-term contracts are, are, are you're right, are generally denominated in US dollars. So, so the lower the US dollar falls, um, if you're exporting minerals, the more money you get. So um, for exporters of products, um, they're a bit better off this week. It's down to 68.53 cents compared to 69 uh, cents last week, which is which is still higher than it's been for quite a while. Um, um, the, U- the Great British Pound, we were 52.4 pence, which was down margin on last week. And the New Zealand dollar, we were dollar four, which is pretty similar to last week. And the euro, we were 61.66 euro cents compared to 60.04 euro cents. So we're so, up a little bit there. Yeah. yeah. Okay, a bit more expensive down. to travel yeah. to Europe over the Christmas yes, time. Yes, marginally then. more. Um, yes. uh, but we've all got a bit more money from our investments. Hopefully. Right, so the markets, markets are up. Were up. Uh, yes. The All Ordinaries was up by 2.1% uh, 
one four percent to six thousand nine hundred fifty-seven. So we might we might get to the. Uh, the uh, 7,000 again before the year. There's a bit of green on the screen when I left. Um, S&P 500 was up uh, 22.6 points to uh, 3,191. And the UK FTSE was uh, 7,540, which was up 267 points. So, so, as I said, you know, uh, up almost 3% on the week after the... uh, Oh, sorry, almost 4% on the week after after the election results. So, okay. So, so. How about the stocks that we like locally? The stocks we locally investors all seem to hold. We've done well this week on those. BHP break $40 again, $40.05 that closed yesterday, up $1.45 on the week. Uh, CBA was up $2.18 on the week to $81.90. So um, it's surprisingly going well. Um NIB was up uh, 21 cents to $6.82 and Telstra was up 3 cents to $3.72. Right. Are we up to the fuel prices? The fuel price were down this yesterday, today and last week, $1.48.9, which is uh, down 2.1 cents Mm -hmm. on the week. But Mm -hmm. I'm sure um, come next week and we'll be paying more than this weekend. Oh, you think it might go up for the holiday time? Well, that's usually your prediction. (laughs) Um, In Sydney, it already seems to have occurred up. Uh, up 20 cents on the week to $1.59.2 a litre. So we won't be going there to fill up. And the diesel price in Newcastle's basically the same as last week, $1.49.9, and in Sydney, $1.46. So no movement there. So so we'd expect that the Newcastle fuel price will catch up to Sydney and you'll be yeah. paying more. So so I, I actually filled up yesterday. Oh, well, you were right then. No, no, <laughs> I no. Only yet. because there was no fuel left and I had to fill oh. up. <laughs> that's always a good reason to get fuel. <laughs> yes, that's always a good reason. Thursday finance and time for our weekly market update. And today, Stephen Pritchard, oil search. We're looking at oil reserves in Alaska, and they're building that up. Yes, yeah, so oil search is interesting. You know, it's an interesting company. It's got um, oil, oil, oil resources in one of the hottest plates of the parts of the, the planet. Their big uh, natural gas and oil project up in PNG, of course. Um, and they've also done some exploration work in one of the coldest parts of the planet, is in Alaska. And they've discovered some big reserves there. So they're investing uh, increased capital, and they expect that the returns from the Alaska oil fields when it's developed will be f- better than was expected. Uh-huh. So uh, either end of the. Uh, uh, Climate spectrum, spectrum, yes. It did be managed, isn't it? Yeah, Yeah. well, you'd certainly need different uh, uniforms, wouldn't you, for each of those. Yeah, Yeah, so if you've got oil search, you um, are smiling inside. Yeah, you're smiling inside, yeah. (laughs) In your portfolio. Yeah, if you think oil's got a future. Yeah, yes, I, I think it's going to be around for a long time. Um, Iluka Resources, of course, that's the mineral sands producer, produces rutile and titanium and stuff like that, um, mainly in Australia, but they do have a, a kind of an offshore operation um, in the sea area. Um, it it hasn't been producing as well as expected. It's amazing how many of these companies, as we spoke about before, go overseas and it's all going to be great and, and it doesn't actually happen. So um, I don't really know what can go wrong with mineral sands because you must basically dig it up. And yeah. Anyhow, so as a result of that, you're going to have to take an impairment charge. I write off $290 million on their overseas uh, mineral sands operation. Okay. Yeah, so not uh, good. Meanwhile, we're 
we're all thinking about China and how it's the export market for so much of our uh, iron ore. And, yeah. and iron ore, yes. So Fortescue came out with an announcement this week. So Fortescue is is probably Australia's third largest iron ore producer. Now, now what Fortescue produces isn't the same quality as BHP and Rio, so it's a lower quality iron ore. And in the past, they've been getting, getting significantly lower prices for their iron ore because it has to be blended and treated before it can go into the blast furnace, whereas BHP and Rio's iron ore can just just be tipped straight in, apparently. Um, so uh, as a result, they've they've had uh, lower prices. Um, the, over the last few months, six months or so, that, that lower price comparison has disappeared, which is one of the reasons or shrunk significantly, which is one of the reasons you've seen the big increase in Fortescue share price. So the CEO came out this week and said that she doesn't expect that the, the, the there will be lower prices for their lower quality iron ore in, the, in, in going forward in the future um, because the Chinese steel manufacturing industry remains very robust and strong and demand for iron ore. I was surprised that, 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 that they don't expect this price differential for the lower quality Iron ore to be there, but anyhow, that's what mm, they've said. They do. That's what they've said. Now, Western Australia and the super pit. Ah, oh, the super pit. The <laughs> famous super pit. That's in Kalgoorlie. Yeah. That was one of Alan Bond's um, scheme. Yes. So, um, Barrick Resources, which currently owns half of the super pit, has decided to sell it to uh, Northern Star. Northern Star Resources, which is a, which is a an Australian gold miner. Um, Northern Star Resources, um, the shareholders in that have done very well over the last five or six years. It's come from a small exploration stock to one of Australia's largest gold mining stocks, and now it's buying half the fabled super pit. Mm. So it's moving into other because that's, that's not gold, is it? Yes, yeah, it's it is gold. gold Kalgoorlie's all gold, Jane. Oh, haven't you been to Kalgoorlie? I of, thought you'd been to Kalgoorlie. Of course I have, and of course I. Well, know. I haven't, but I knew it was a super pit. <laughs> a super pit. Yeah, Alan Bond built. He bought an, a couple of mines, underground mines, and aggregated them and converted them to avid cutness. We call it the super pit. Yes. I think he bought cow. Gold mines of a Kalgoorlie, I think, was it? Um, mm. Yeah. Okay. Um, so API is Australian Pharmaceutical Australian Industries. Australian Pharmaceutical Industries. They were the, planning to merge yeah. Sigma. Yeah, API Sigma. was a, a, a pharmacy wholesaler. So mm-hmm. what that means is that um, a lot of the, all the pharmacists all buy stuff off various pharmacy wholesalers. Um, they're, they're reasonably well regulated because, you know, they're, 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 those drugs they're handling. Um, so there's API, there's Sigma, and there's a couple of others. Um, so API decided to acquire Sigma. Sigma didn't want to be acquired, basically, and um, API has now abandoned the takeover bid and and sold all their holding in um, mm. Sigma on the market in the last couple of days. So I expect that takeover is off. It sounds like it, doesn't it? And NAB has had an AGM this week, but they've certainly <laughs> had a bombshell had AGM, dropped on them. ASIC's dropped a bombshell. They've lodged some statement of claim in the court and charged them with uh, so many offences that people have lost count of. And um, the penalties, the potential penalties are $10 billion or something. Um, so uh, this is to do with various uh, alleged uh, activities, including... Um, charging people for services they didn't provide and, and all sorts of things. So mm. that, that's another banking matter going to the court. So we've now got uh, we've got uh, Westpac's running two cases, I think. Um, I don't know that CBA's... Oh, yes, CBA's in there as well, and NAB, and I'm not sure about ANZ. So mm. ASIC's going to be very busy uh, uh, 
pursuing mm, all these matters are. in the court. And finally, QBE. And QBE, so QBE is announced a expected uh, fall in profit, mainly due to a claims blowout due to unusual weather conditions. To a new RFM's Thursday Finance. Well, Stephen Pritchard, we want to talk about reviewing your investment portfolio over the Christmas break. Your investment portfolio isn't going to sit still all that time, is it? No, it hasn't. It's not going to sit still. And we generally, we generally say you need to, depending on the size of your portfolio, you need to review your portfolio. You know, uh, you know, once or twice a year. I'm, I'm not this person who I'm not a great believer of looking at it every day. And you know, but once or twice a year, you need to review it. And and uh, Christmas is uh, slightly before. You know just before the end of June and, and around Christmas time is always a good um, time to have a look at this when, you, when you're sitting at home and drinking the champagne as Jane will be doing and brandy, butter. <laughs> Pull out the portfolio. Do you think that's, that's right, likely that's to be a really good time to do it? Let's say after Christmas. Yeah, after Christmas. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> after Christmas. Um, you can do this instead of going and spending all your money at the shops and the Boxing Day okay. sales. Yes. Oh, that sounds okay, good. so yeah, so, so there's a good time to review it. So you need to look at the, the portfolio to see whether it still suits your needs. And the first thing you need to do is look at your asset allocation. Okay. Um, yeah, you know, we've spoken before you know, about Australians generally tend to have a lot of money in equities, which isn't what happens overseas. Um, so you probably need to look and think about um, are you taking the amount of risk you should think you, you need in the portfolio? I mean, generally you'd look at a balanced investor would have 50% in fixed interest and bonds and 50% in kind of growth assets. Um, you know, the more risk you want to take, you move to those growth assets. The less risk you want to take, you move to your, your fixed interest type securities. So that's the first thing you need to think about. Are you taking as much risk as you, you, you're comfortable with? Sometimes it's hard to work out just how much risk you are comfortable with. Yeah, everyone's always comfortable with their amount of risk they're taking until the market falls and they lose some money. And then, right. sudden, <laughs> then suddenly they're not comfortable. Um, okay, so we're trying to let you think about it in, in, you know, you know, beforehand. Um, and then, of course, after you've decided that, you need to look at your diversification. And as we've said before, you need to look in, in particularly equities and, and other assets. You need to look at diversification between your, you know, your fixed interest, your cash and your equities and your overseas equities, et cetera, and property. And then you also need to look at diversification within different sectors. So, for example, um, if you've got your equities portfolio, a diversified equities portfolio would not be the four banks' shares if you had four stocks in the portfolio. So you don't want four of the same You don't want the same things that that are all going to react the same. You know, if interest rates go up or interest rates go down or, or the government passes a bit of legislation that affects banks all the bank stocks are generally going to react the same. So what you need to do is look at buying other stocks in the portfolio that, that aren't kind of correlated as much. So you might you might want to buy some um, worse. I mean, these aren't recommendations, but, but at the moment... So something, something that Something that's retail, something retail. that's a food mm-hmm. that's, you know, mm-hmm. no matter what happens, people are still going to want to buy food. So you could buy Woolworths or Coles, um, probably. Um, and then you might want to look at some of the medical stocks. And, and Australia has a good track record of medical developments. I mean, you know, CSL has been a fantastic stop for investors. They're the ones that brought out Cochlear, aren't they? No, no, Cochlear is another... Okay, Cochlear is another co- good one, CSL, isn't it? CSL's a blood plasma products. Yes. Okay, plasma products. Yeah, it, okay. it was a privatisation that came out of the Commonwealth, uh, Commonwealth Serum Laboratories, and it, it, it's become now the world leader in blood plasma and blood replacements, and the, the share price is 
why it along the way it's going gets to three hundred dollars a share. Really? Yeah, yeah yes, that's that's doing very well. It's doing very well. And Cochlear was another Cochlear was another company that came out of Australia. Um, once again, it's in the medical devices sector, um, and and of course. Two stocks like that, if we get back to the banks, have got absolutely no correlation with the bank stocks, right? So, so whatever you know, government regulation affects the bank stocks are isn't going to affect the cochleas and the CSLs uh, or, or even Woolworths of this world. So that's what you need to look. So you need to look at you know having some some um, you know uh, consumer. Uh, consumer durable stocks in there, maybe some medical stocks, the bank, maybe some retail, maybe some mining stocks. If you if you if you're keen on on those type of things, so diversify across the sectors, and because then after you do that, after you've worked out which sectors you're comfortable with, um, you know you need to look at how much you're going to have in each individual stock below that. Yes. Yeah. So, so whether you want to be heavy in one oh, side yeah, or yeah. heavy so in most, the so other most, side. Most private clients just divide the, the amount of money by they've got by um, by the amount of stocks you're, you're going to hold. So if you've got 100000 you just divide that. It is Thursday Finance and Stephen Pritchard. We're taking a look at your investment portfolio and taking a deeper look over the Christmas break. And uh, you're talking about weightings, yeah, weightings you- within... Your you need to talk about your weightings in your asset allocation. So, so after we've decided, you know, how much you want to talk about equities for the moment, how much you're going to invest in, in, um, you know, uh, the bank sector, and how much you're going to invest in uh, the medical sector or Woolworths, the retail and, yeah, or retailers. Okay, so you need to look at, at the weightings of the individual stock. Now, generally, there is some statistical research that says that you need at least fourteen shares in your your portfolio to to minimise your risk. Sorry, when you say four. 14 shares, you mean 14 different? 14 different shares. So, different shares. Yes, so you need to look at... Uh, different companies. Different yeah. companies, yeah, 14 mm-hmm. different stocks in in the various sectors. Um, you know, that, the maths on that's a bit too hard for us, so we just say, you know, um, 20, because uh, that's easy, and, and private clients like things easy. So if we had typically a private client came to us, we'd book a portfolio together about 20 stocks, which is about 5%. Um, Across the um, across the portfolio now, you have invariably you'll have some that do very well and some that are that are that are, that are, that are um, you know kind of unreasonable and some that are not so well. And if you have twenty stocks and and you can have a couple that aren't so well and your portfolio overall will still do quite well. Um, so, but what you need to look is when you review this portfolio stuff that has doubled, um, you might want to look at. Um, Taking some of that profits off the off the table, so to speak, and reinvesting that in other things and things. Oh, that, you mean as the share price goes up and down, that changes its it weight. Change the weight. Yeah, something that you had five percent in might now represent ten percent of your portfolio, or in some cases, something like CSL has grown to some clients has grown to a huge percentage of the portfolio. Yes. Um, and, and two years ago, Blackmore's was similar. It was two hundred dollars a share two years ago. And, and if you'd bought it at ten dollars, it would you bought that ten dollars, you could. And and yeah, it's always good to take some of the money off the. Even if it goes up a bit more, you can never tell. Take some of the money off the table as a risk management, and look at investing in some of the other stocks. So so you don't end up with your portfolio is 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 ends up you know fifty percent in one particular stock because it's done so well. So if you've got one good stock, you wouldn't get rid of all of it, would you? No, no, no. You just look at reducing some of it. Yeah, and you'd yeah. sell some of it. Sell so some of it and reinvest that, and that reinvest. in others. Um, it's all about. Um, 
from the average the average person, it's all about preserving their capital and producing the income. And you know, the, you know, as I said, you know, Blackmores went up to two hundred dollars. I remember Christmas before last. Because I remember we were doing these sales just before Christmas, and now it's down to seventy dollars. So, so the clients who sold at two hundred, they're laughing. Um, the clients we've got in the stock still are still doing well because it was bought, you know, at the tens and that mm-hmm. held it for a number of years. So, but that's what I mean. Stocks go up and stocks go down. If you're getting a good price, take some of the money and reinvest it somewhere else and even out your portfolio a bit. And that's something you should look at on a fairly regular oh, basis. Yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, I, I, as I said, semi-annually. And then, of course, you've got your overseas investments. Overseas investments are becoming more uh, common. Um, we generally recommend that it's very difficult to to um, manage overseas investments directly. Use a couple of the quality managed funds that are around um, to, to invest in overseas. And once again... Um, you can diversify there. Um, you can select countries you want to invest in, specific countries that you want to invest in, specific industries you want to invest in, or just pick a manager that makes all the decisions for you. And sometimes those managers have have companies in various yeah, various yeah. different companies, but maybe in one region like yep. Southeast Asia. Yeah, or the Southeast Asian Europe funds. There's or... European funds. There's UK funds. There's US funds. So there's plenty of opportunities there to spread your yeah, yeah. risk. Spread your risk, and, and <laughs> there's talk that there's talk that you know there's talk that um, India is the next going to be the next booming market um, um, because of the growth in the, the up the raising up of the living standards of the Indian population becoming more middle class, which generates consumer spend. Um, there's a couple of ETFs you can you can invest in India which if you are did that. Exchange traded exchange funds. traded funds, basically listed managed funds. Okay, but they involve overseas companies. Yeah, they involve overseas. Yeah, that's and, and, where the exchange comes that's in. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Okay. So you could buy those, and uh, but I wouldn't. Yeah, you, know, you want to invest in India. You probably only put one or two percent of your portfolio in there at the most at this stage, and this stage. see see how so, it all goes. Yep. Oh, plenty of options. Always options, Jane. Thursday Finance and Stephen Pritchard. We've looked at your investment portfolio. Now, what about the tax implications? What that? Everything oh, has tax implications. Everything's got tax implications. So you need to also just think about what your tax position is. If you sell, if you if you buy something and you sell something, there's always tax implications. Um, first thing is remember that the Australian listed shares provide you franking credits. Um, overseas um, investments usually provide you a withholding tax credit that you can claim a credit for, so you need to think about that. Can you do that through the Australian tax system? Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah so, so if you've got an investment in, say, uh, the UK, when the dividends are paid to Australia, the UK Revenue Authority will take out a withholding tax credit and you get to claim that credit on your, your tax return under the Double Taxation Treaty. So that's fine. Um, and then, of course, we're well aware of how franking credits work in Australia. Um, and then you need to think about um, the capital gains tax implications if you sell some shares. Like, like you know, if you've got something that you've done very well out of, um, you're going to sell some of that off. Try and see if there's something that, that you haven't done so well out of or, or maybe you've got a bit of a loss. Um, um, probably you want to think about whether you should sell some of that so that you don't – so that you get losses and you gain – So one's offset. a loss and that one's offsets the gain. offsets each other. Okay. Yeah. So, so just think about – and don't fall into the trap that, you know, we're not going to sell this because we paid a dollar and it's now only 20 cents and it might come back up. It probably won't. Okay. <laughs> um, so, so just, you know – 
all the good investors cut their losses. So okay. particularly if you've got some things that are that are done well, you want to sell some of those, sell the loss makers, get rid of it, and, and get the tax deduction for the loss on to offset your gains. So there's always things to think there's about. There's always things to think about. There's plenty of things to do over Christmas. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. If you, you get sick of lying by the beach or the pool or, or well, whatever. Well, yes, it or, looks as though there's going to be plenty of Boxing Day races. I assume the Boxing Day races are on. I assume they are too. And the Boxing Day sales, I'm sure, will be on the retailers. Be sure Watching to earn some more money. Watching cricket and all Watching those Watching the cricket, things. the tennis. You well, going to the tennis? a very happy Christmas time to wish and you that. And We'll be back on the 30th of January, I think. I think that's when we are. Okay. So have a great time, Stephen Pritchard. That's Thursday Finance for today. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com. <laughs>